And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. We are explorers. We're going to stumble, make mistakes, I'm sure more than a few before we find our footing. But we're going to learn from those mistakes. That's what being human is all about. It is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness, that is life. We're Starfleet officers. Weird is part of the job. Base, the final frontier. Make it so. Do it. Hit it. Let's fly. You're Lindsay. You're Aiden. And this is The Big Spot. And we're here this week to discuss Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 3, 17 seconds. Yes, which we all thought going in would going was going to be the amount of time it took to conceive Jack Crusher. That was right. the joke yeah. online everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so we're just saving that for Was posterity. it really a joke online? I kind of made up that joke <laughs> while I was sitting there. And then you were like, yeah, everybody's been saying that. I'm like, I came up with that joke. <laughs> That's right. You, yeah. As the title flashed on the screen, you're like, <laughs> and I was like, uh, the internet already came up with that one, honey. But. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Side side, side quest. Yes. Was there an episode of The West Wing that also had like a seconds title? Yeah. Because when I when I saw that, I was I also flashed to like there was there was a, another show and I thought it was The West Wing. Maybe not. I mean, there's 18th, the 18th and Potomac when yeah, yeah. Mrs. Laddingham dies. I think there might have been two though, yeah. but I don't remember what it was. But anyway, I yeah, 17 seconds. Yeah, yeah. It it's not about it's not how about fast that. Picard is. <laughs> so. it's about how fast a turbo lift is which is much dirtier when you keep it in the same context <laughs> before we get too close into this episode though uh Lindsay, it is your turn i don't have 17 seconds i have 30 you have seconds. 30 seconds yes. to give us a whole summary of this episode yeah. um there's a lot going on so i i pity you um but that's not gonna you make pity me the fool i pity the i pity you mm-hmm. as the fool mm-hmm. um because you know who long who knows how how this is gonna go yeah um but 30 seconds are on the clock when you're ready Okay, Aiden, I'm ready. You ready? In three, two, one, go. So the Shrike is pursuing the Titan into the nebula, and the Jack and Seven realize that there is not only a saboteur on board who's leaking something for the Shrike to follow them, um, but that there are changelings on board. Um, there's also a changeling in the Worf and Raffi storyline that they found out is related to the whole Daystrom theft thing. Um, so basically, there's changelings, there's portal technology being used, the the, Ry- the Riker, the Titan gets destroyed by their own torpedoes because of the portal. Picard and Riker have, uh, they're on the outs. Hilarity ensues. Yeah, that was weak, Lindsay. That, that was, was like a, that was like an Aiden level. It was. It was a hard. Summary. It's a hard. You're that right. Was, it is a hard episode there, to summarize. But yeah. But there's not a lot that happens. It's really like the Titan storyline has been a bottle episode for the last two and a half episodes. Mm, has it? It seems uh-huh. like there's still stuff going on. The Shrike is still pursuing them. You're right. It is the same thing every time. It the is. Shrike's showing up and kicking butt, and yeah. then they run away, and then it goes and kicks their butt again. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That, yeah. that that episode is kind of, or that storyline is kind of repeating itself. Um, but let's move on to our overall impressions. Sure. Uh, Lindsay, what, what were you thinking after you finished this episode? I know we talked a little bit, but for the listeners, what was your, um, what was your dive? I think the, the biggest thing for me was how ex- I was really excited that 
it sounds like we're getting some DS9 loving finally. Mm, yes. Um, with the, I, I don't know, bringing back the, the Dominion, the Dominion War, yeah. um, stuff from the Gamma Quadrant. Yeah. We've got Changelings. We got like basically an Odo shout out, which yeah. is great. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I just, I think that's the best storyline that Trek has ever done. And so I'm excited to see that come back. Come that's back. that's a good a good move. There were a few misses for me in this episode that um, I don't know if I'll still consider them misses if my predictions about it come true. But there okay. were I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we'll listeners, get there, yeah. foreshadowing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what, what were your? You were really excited when we were watching it. Yeah, at, well, yeah. The when, moment when the great link was mentioned, I was, was like, oh, like, what oh, the hell? Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah very excited. Uh, I'm back on the cautiously optimistic bandwagon. I've moved a step forward yeah. after last week's uh, step back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it really, it finally dug into the really interesting parts of the episode and the storyline for me, which is Crusher and Picard, um, you know, that whole thing. Um, and Raffi's storyline got really interesting really fast. Yeah. Like the fact that they're also encountering the changelings, they, like last week, we kind of tied together the portal technology a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we see it in action finally. Um, and then we get hints that, yeah, that that whole thing that we spent the first three episodes caring about wasn't even the big thing. It was just a little thing leading to the to the bigger thing. Yeah. Um, and Which yeah, we should have seen coming. Uh, yeah, obviously. But at the same time, it was it was worth uh, pursuing as was. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was it was by far the best one of the series so far. And uh, I'm excited for what's coming next. Yeah. Uh, no word of lie. I think there's a lot of storyline possibilities that are opening up. And yeah, um, yeah the, the Raffi storyline um, did get a little bit more interesting. I'm I it's not like last week I was like, I hope they tie it back together. I mean, of course, they yeah. were going to tie it back yeah. together. But I, I hoped it wasn't going to be flimsy. And it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, obviously or five it's episodes not. down the line or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it sounds like they've got. Whatever mistakes they were making, and I don't know exactly what happened with season two, but it doesn't seem like they're making them here. There there haven't been that many plot missteps that we can see, that I can see anyway. Yeah. There are a few little things here and there that yeah. are like little continuity errors, but nothing on the grand scale that, you know, where storylines seem to be tagged on and not going anywhere yeah, there's and only not two, really connecting. There's only two stories. Yeah, and, and they're, and they're, and they're right connecting. Now. They connected in a really interesting way with the changeling being revealed kind of almost simultaneously like it happened very closely and and the mystery of it was kind of it unfolded in a natural way to the Mm -hmm. point that when the reveal did happen it was like oh yeah both storylines benefited from that which was that that takes skill yep so kudos to the writers for that absolutely um you say the biggest highlight for you is still picard's interaction with his former crew but it's also where you give your biggest negatives as well yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I think Crusher and Picard's meeting mm-hmm. this episode, I said it last episode, They need this needed to be the center of the episode. As soon as the audience knew Jack was Picard's son, this it was leading up to this moment between Crusher and mm-hmm. uh, Picard, and I thought Gates McFadden and Patrick Stewart really nailed it. They really brought back the dynamic that they had on screen 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, well, I guess 20 years ago for Nemesis, and really kind of nailed it. I was right? a little worried that... Um, you, like you, you said you wanted that that conversation to happen right away, and I'm glad it didn't happen right away in the last episode. Mm-hmm. But I'm also glad that they didn't again stretch it out to be like in episode seven where they finally have their heart to heart. Like it seems like a lot yeah. of the stuff that you would expect 
a storyline to hold off on is happening pretty quickly. And there's good things and bad things about that. No, there's no bad things about it. It's no. exactly no. If you know something's going to happen, nope. give it to the audience. Because, I disagree. No, abs- and I'm going to I'm going to come to that when we get there. I have notes about this, so you're just going to have to shut up and wait for it. Um, but I, I do think <laughs> I'm glad that they didn't, like I said, drag it out. Because this was, I think it was an important conversation to have. And it did seem pretty natural to have it in this episode. Yeah, and, and I thought it was, the content of it was also really great. I thought the the writing was it for it was solid. And again, the performances were really good. Like Even it, if even if the excuses that were given for the, like the, the motives for the, behind the character's actions, we didn't necessarily agree with for I, Picard and Crusher. I mean, we'll talk about this more yeah. uh, later on. But I it think still it still worked. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think the, within the context of the scene, you mm-hmm. kind of the way they built it and the way they uh, go back and forth makes a lot of sense. So yeah. I, I felt like that was overall pretty strong. Um, the the one thing that kind of bothered me about the whole Jack Crusher situation is the timeline. Uh, yeah. Sean Farrakhan, Trek Culture, did a, a good uh, summary of the issues with this. Like the the actor who plays Jack is in like his mid thirties, yeah, and kind of looks like it, maybe early thirties, late twenties. He's not twenty. Like the 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 the, yeah. the, the, the timeline basically he says be he would be twenty. Yeah, like that, the, right? kind of at the oldest. So, yeah. um, yeah. So I mean, it that just doesn't really jive. And also, it it it's kind of a a strange. It kind of begs belief about um, how did nobody know that Beverly was pregnant when she was head of Starfleet Medical, which is where she went to go. After yeah. she was there, like Picard is an admiral in Starfleet. Everybody knows they're together and you see Crusher with a baby bump. Does everybody know they're together? Okay. Even if they don't know they're together, how does word not get out? I Crusher with a baby bump, Crusher with a baby, taking them to school is, in this London. Is, this is and something then, very like nitpicky and I'm not, I'm not too hung up on it. I think we don't know how pregnancies work. Maybe you can have a baby without having the baby. I mean... Naomi but, Wildman didn't, but they were on Voyager and it was yeah, in the okay. 2370s or whatever. So, I mean, maybe technology has gotten to the point where you could just completely take, like, who knows? Who knows? That part doesn't bother me. I'm blinking my eyes very slowly are. at Lindsay. I'm not, I'm not getting hung up on that, but I do think that it's, I wish they hadn't tried to shoehorn it into the post nemesis period. I wish yeah. that before the season started, there was a lot of speculation because of course, Ed Spilliers was going to be the, the son. Yeah. He looks like him. They, you know, the accent, yeah. it, it all matched up, but and that was a great joke, him, by the way, which I one? thought it was the accent was oh. inherited or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, Even yeah. they mentioned yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but I think there was a natural b- break in crushers, like service on the enterprise Mm -hmm. in season two way way back in the 80s so it would it would make sense to have if picard can be almost a hundred or be a hundred and look as good as he does there's no reason why ed spilliers couldn't be playing a 45 year old yeah and that would fit much better with the age of the actors and the age of the characters as well right will wheaton is in his 40s, yeah, 50s. He, he just turned 50. I so, think, I yeah. mean, like, it would make sense if his little brother, quote unquote, yeah. was also in his 50s, not in his 20s. Yeah. Like, that, that, I wish that they had gone that route instead of, you know, yeah, shoehorning it into yeah. this period. It also would make more sense for um, Jack to be an accomplished doctor and raconteur, whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. if he's in his 40s, as opposed to being 20. And being that accomplished and yeah. that smart and that good at his job. Not even 20s. Like, he's just out of his teenage years. Yeah, I know. You know? Like, it, does, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense. So, yeah. But, I mean, 
I can forgive it. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to worry about it too much. There's just, there are bigger fish to fry. He's not going to have any social skills. He was homeschooled his whole life. He went to school in London. He went to school in London, but then he was on space with Crusher gallivanting around the galaxy. Who else was teaching him? Well, she was teaching him like the the life skills, the life lessons. Okay, sure, sure. Um, It's not like she was sitting him down for English lessons. (laughs) Fair, fair. Um, And to go back to my main point, yes, the the issues with uh, I the other obviously major character that Picard interacts with from TNG is Riker in this episode, and it's a mixed bag. Um, I think we'll talk about this a little later on, but um, when we get to the negatives, because there were there were moments where it's still really good, and you're like, yes, this is Picard and, and Riker. You know, doing their thing that they do uh, when they, they do were, the Tuvok but, maneuver and blow up the torpedo and stuff. <laughs> like they just read each other's mind and they just do it. And then, but there was also some like the book ending of the seventeen seconds having to apply to both of them. I think was a little bit of a yeah. We'll get to that because yeah. that was that was a little rough too. Uh, yeah, my my other favorite part, uh, the introduction of the Founders and Changelings. Yep. We already talked about this a little bit. Um, that was such a giant thing for the galaxy, um, and it just never got any play in any of the subsequent series except for lower decks a little bit yeah Um, but but, you know it was like like this was a war that almost destroyed the federation yeah and and it was wrapped up so neatly with odo going back to the great link at the end of that at the end of ds9 so to find out that there's like anti-peace changelings that like resisted whatever he brought to the collective yeah is like such a fascinating thing like there's this whole other storyline that's happening in the gamma quadrant that we haven't even touched on yeah and i love that they it seems like that's what they're going to be exploring i hope this isn't a red herring yeah um because yeah, like I'm, I'm now, now I'm expecting like Quark or Kira or Bashir to make a like Jake Cisco for the Federation yeah, News Jake, Network yeah, or Cisco Returns or something like that. Like that, that would be really cool. It would be like the most fan servicey fan service thing that people have been wanting. Deep Space Nine, but it, to but it could make sense within the plot too. Like, I mean, if they, if they, yeah, depending. I on mean, if they, they need a, an expert on the Dominion, yeah. who knows more than Cisco, Kira? Well, if you need an Bashir, expert on right? the Changelings. Like the physiology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bashir's, Bashir's the guy who did it. Yeah, he's, he knows um, everything, right? Kira had relations with Odo. She yeah. would know her, would her know. way around a they, changeling, they, right? <laughs> they might still be talking. I mean, like knows, literally right? nothing. nothing's known about what's going on here. I mean, if they could bring back Avery Brooks as yeah. like the ultimate... You know, maybe the emissary. the emissary comes back. That yeah. would be like an amazing. That would be my and favorite just to have thing more of Bajoran stuff because I always love the Bajorans. Yeah, I, I know. thought they were it was such, such a cool, cool race. It was. It was such a cool. So like, setup. yeah, Dominion War Two, Electric Boogaloo. I'm here for it. Like, yeah, I really yeah. want that to be the case. But if it's just a red herring, I'm gonna be a little pissed off. Yeah, because it's it's it would be disappointing to mm-hmm. to go down this route. Uh, and maybe it'll just be a small piece of something larger. But or, I hope they do something with it. I hope it's not just we're just gonna drop this information. Yeah, and then not explore it. I, I don't I think they can. I, I don't see how they could the at this Not the changelings being like infiltrating the Titan. Yeah. And there's a big, massive conspiracy going on yeah. here. And, and it, 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 yes, this is a repeat of what we had in season one with the, the Romulans and the Jatvash and everything. Yeah. Like infiltrating Starfleet. But this is different. I'll, I'll allow it if it's the changelings. Cause well, that was just cool. Well, and it makes sense, right? Like that was always, that was what was so cool about the changeling threat was that yeah. they could be anybody. Yeah. They could be anywhere and they were and really hard to capture. Crushers like, trust. No one makes perfect sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Someone, someone's in Starfleet is uh, doing bad things. So we yeah. got to find out who that is and why. We got some the theories about who that yes. might be. There are lots of theories well. to talk about this I episode know. for sure. Uh, can we talk about Worf? Yes. Our friend Worf. The greatest comedic actor in Star Trek, his- Star Trek history <laughs> since Data, I would say. Yeah, I uh, think yeah. the, uh, his... Um... I am Worf, son of Moog. 
House of Martok, son of Sergei, House of Roshenko, bane to the Duras family, slayer of Gowron. I have made some chamomile tea. Do you take sugar? Like, how do you um, not? That's amazing. That might be the best bit since uh, Ode to Spot. Like, yeah. th- there's nothing that I I can think of that has it was made just, me cackle yeah, the, like that. The, uh, the, the momentum shift. Yeah. Right? It's perfect. It yeah. worked so well. It felt like a like a Lower Decks episode yeah. quality yeah. joke because it, it is playing on your knowledge of Worf, son of Moog. Yeah. And then he just slips into chamomile and you're just like, yeah, this is great. But it also does feel like it's also a great character moment because, yeah. yes, this is the more mature uh, Worf that we never really got a sight of before. And sorry, Lynn, but yeah. this just popped in my brain because we just recently watched the first Worf episode of all time uh, in season one where the Klingons come on board and they're threatening to start a war with the Federation. They're going to blow up the warp core yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And Worf gives us, gives us amazing speech about, you know, how the war is within now. Like Klingons have to look within themselves yeah. to, to master themselves and yeah. defeat the enemies within. And then he never did that for the, no. <laughs> he was always just fighting somebody uh, for the rest of the series. But yeah. here it's like, yeah, this is the war. that, it to heart. yeah, he's, he's finally won that battle. Right? Towing that line too, I think is, I, Lesser actors would not be able to do this. Yeah. I think this is why I'm so happy to see Worf coming back yeah. with the maturity that time has brought to yeah. to all of these characters. But I mean, but especially Worf, yeah, because you, I mean, he's the character we've seen the most of in the whole Star Trek yeah. continuum because he did DS9. So, yeah. like in terms of pure appearances, mm-hmm. uh, he's up there. I mean, maybe uh, what's his name, uh, Brent Spiner. Yeah. characters in all of his various <laughs> right. iterations he might outlast him but yeah. uh yeah otherwise you know Worf as a character is the most long-lasting Star Trek yeah. character and yeah. bringing him back just makes a lot of sense yeah. right so Dabo! <laughs> that is Dabo, isn't it? <laughs> um so the portal tech is used to really interesting effect in this episode as well in this nebula that isn't maybe isn't a nebula there's biological signatures coming yeah. through there as well yeah. um we've got theories but um we were both pretty upset about the fact that so this portal can the shrike can shoot this portal yeah and in front of the in front of whatever it wants so yeah. it shoots it in front of the titan and the titan goes through and then comes out behind where it was and is back in the nebula again as it's trying to escape and we both were like Use the third dimension. Like, just go up or down. Like, seriously, why is this so difficult? When did Khan take over again and just do two-dimensional thinking right? when he's flying this like, giant boat? Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like, these... It, it feels like these starships could be airplanes or they could be boats. And they they keep going for the boat analogy and the Lately, boat feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like, we've had but this DS, conversation yes, before. many times. But, like, DS9, obviously, yeah, the Defiant wasn't. was a plane. It was zigzagging yeah, and yeah. doing all the stuff, right? But... Yeah. It's it's definitely not like I I never understood why they didn't utilize the y axis yeah, ever ever and, and, <laughs> it doesn't make any part sense. of it's just the the way the s effects are done in this I episode because it's like the portal is very far in front of them mm-hmm. <laughs> like they can see the portal and they don't even try and go down like, it's like maybe is the titan just not that maneuverable it's a big it, ship it is a big ship and it, when, mean, when it was it was doing kind of loop de loops and doing a barrel roll when yeah. it was in the nebula trying so to I dodge don't know. torpedoes I just, so. it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense but um yeah but it does yeah, it, it's it's interesting the way they used it, and it's certainly interesting to have the portal be the method of destruction in a really interesting way for yeah. the Titan. Like it shoots off the its photon its torpedoes, to, yeah. and then it hits itself with the photon torpedoes because of the portal. And I thought, yeah, I mean, like 
The Shrike just, it's an unbeatable enemy, which of course we know is going to be beaten in some way. But how they, that's kind of left up to the future. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to figure that out in in coming time for sure. Stop it! What surprised me a, a little bit about this episode was even the storylines that I wasn't interested in uh, became interesting. Yeah. And that's Jack Crusher and Seven. Uh, that whole yeah. system there. Uh, like, like I didn't like the fact that nobody else figured this out. Uh, nobody else thought, oh, I wonder how they're coming on to us and how they're how the strike just keeps finding us in this nebula where they can't they shouldn't be able to find anybody. Right. You know, it had to be Jack following a literal trail of blood to to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, whatever it it worked. And I liked that they went there and then they found the first changeling and Jack's punching him in the face and his face wiggles. And it was the, yeah. really cool, really cool sequence. I didn't mind it. Even the little dreamy uh, sequence with yeah. like, I, I don't know if. We only watched it once, so um, I feel like it's something you could watch two or three times to really get a sense of what they were kind of going for. But I got a little, a little Lynchian vibes. A yeah, little, I was going to say, it's a little Twin Peaks. Yeah. Follow the branches. This yeah. is the man in the smiling bag yeah, type thing, kind of thing, right? Like there's clues that are coming in that and, I'm not... And were the branches forming a heart around seven... That's what I, I kind know. of viewed. It was it was Maybe. a weird it was a weird. But there was a sequence. lot of it was like there was red going on and the red lady coming back yeah. from like previous episodes. Yeah. So I mean, there's. It did seem like it doesn't feel very Trek at this point yeah. with that that whole thing like that dream yeah. sequence or altered state really was was strange. But yeah. but I like I'll it. allow it. I'll yeah. I'll go with yeah. it. I'll yeah. see where it, where it where it takes me. Absolutely. Um, I did. Yeah. The 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 idea that Jack would go and find the ex Fenris Ranger to yeah. talk to like they're kind of an odd couple. It doesn't seem like they would jive but they're both like outsiders yeah on this ship so yeah it makes sense that they would yeah. go together and i guess the reason why jack would be I, I the way the way that he figures out to go find the source of the leak or whatever yeah um that was a good character moment for him because um captain shaw has been very seriously injured he mm-hmm. hasn't been killed like we kind yeah, of we expected, kind of expected yeah. he would be but he's really badly injured and like internal bleeding and he he's the one who prompts the whole like how are they how are they how do they keep finding us kind yeah, of thing yeah. and this is after Riker has talked to jack and said you know you've got to you've got to give them a reason not to hate you basically and then he goes and is like really kind to the person who's injured that he's tending to and then he he seems genuinely contrite and sorry about what happened when he's talking to Shaw yeah. and Shaw turns to him like very trusting like how do, how is all this happening it was a good character moment for Jack for him to not be like angry bitter chip on my shoulder yeah for him to actually be like I'm going to be a team player with these people that I've never met yeah. and I'm going to go find seven and I'm going to figure this out. I yep. I kind of bought that. I liked it. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought it was uh again, I I liked where it went plot-wise again yeah. his character. I'm I'm still not that interested in in Jack. I do feel like they're still kind of shoehorning in uh, a whole range of emotions because they know that they want him to be important. Um, but he doesn't feel emotionally important yet. I'm not invested in his character whatsoever, except for the fact that he's uh, Picard uh, and Picard. Crusher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I see where they're going, uh, and I'm willing to give him a little bit of latitude here uh, because mm-hmm. otherwise, because because the plot, his interaction with the plot really did work um, mm-hmm. this episode. Um, another element or another moment, I guess, uh, similar to the to the uh, Vanadium. What is the leak? 
gas called Futurium. Uh, Futurium. That whole that whole sequence was cool. The other cool sequence was Riker taking over yeah. as captain after Shaw hands yeah. over uh, command because he's pissed at him, which was funny. Yeah. Um, you and then, fucking got us into this mess. Get us out <laughs> get of it. Get us out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he and then having Picard as the number one. Yeah, that was, worked really well. Yeah. Until really Picard cool. tried to captain the ship again. <laughs> yeah. And it's like uh, pick a lane, dude. Like you're either gonna be your second in command or you're gonna be the guy in the chair and you're not the guy in the chair so just take it easy yeah it was it was yeah we'll, we'll talk a little bit more because yeah. this is one of the this was the weakest part of the episode for me um but that moment was really cool yeah. where, where they they worked together and it did work really well mm-hmm. uh yeah fabulous lots of good lots of good stuff in this episode i think um mm-hmm. it's a frakes episode yeah i think he got two did he get two? Yeah, I think it was. That? I think it was three and four was going to okay. be his. So, so I, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's he has a good hand. He's always had a good handle on on the characters, and I've always loved episodes and films that Jonathan Frakes has directed. So, it's got it's very tight. It's it's fast paced. There's um, the reveals are done very well. Still, good character yeah. moments. I mean, he didn't write the episode, but yeah. the way that he filmed it and, and had it set up was really good. So, yeah, it was it was generally. I think there's a lot more to like about this episode than there is to dislike yeah but let's get into our dislikes and find out <laughs> let's do it anyways <laughs> all right nanas let's hear some chatter hey better Death to the opposition. So the first one that comes to mind is there are still a few just awkward writing bits, uh, in particular some dialogue that just really kind of reeked. Um, this random yellow shirt yelling at Jack, you did this to us. Like we've, how do you even know who he is? Like, like there's a ship of 500 people, and you all know exactly what's going on on the bridge with Picard and his son the whole time. Like, I guess news travels fast, whatever. But like that just it made no sense, and it was literally just there to make Jack feel bad. So when he would go talk to Riker later on, he would yeah. ha- he would have some guilt to work through, which I know, is like yeah, I, so it's, contrived. It's totally. Like, it's just um, it's meant. That's a, that's exactly what it's meant to do. Is yeah. just to call to mind. Um, it's a character-defining moment for the main character. Mm-hmm. The 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 extras are acting in service of Jack Crusher's storyline in that moment, and that's fine. That stories have to have to get told somehow. So rather didn't... than having Shaw be the one be like, "You did this," like give it to some random person and. Don't no, overthink no, no. it. You're bad. overthinking it's it. It's bad. No, I, I'm just thinking it's bad. I didn't have to think about it. I felt it when I watched that. I was like, ooh. Uh, I didn't, it didn't bother me. Okay, that's fair. Um, the one that I know bothered both of us was the ending, The that little bit of dialogue at the very end. And let's just jump right into the whole Crusher or Riker Picard um, dynamic. Yeah. Um, it was a mess. Uh, they like you were saying, was Picard. It, was Picard, it a mess? Yes, because Picard couldn't keep Elaine. Yeah. Uh, the whole. 17 second thing was uh a little it felt natural when it was just uh Riker telling his story I was like okay this is 17 seconds is a metaphor for you know how how much uh someone brand new to your life can mean to you yes sure it works you didn't actually have to recreate the entire sequence and it literally was 17 seconds oh really in the episode the time it took for Picard to get down to sickbay to see his son almost dying that's a little weak which yeah I mean it did feel forced I don't think it felt earned because Picard literally like was it last episode or early on in this episode was like it's an like this is an irredeemable relationship it's not going to get changed then all of a sudden it's like he's almost dying this person you met five minutes ago is now almost dying and you feel everything for him that i just i don't know i'm not a parent 
Yeah. Maybe it's different. I but I, I imagine like Riker's story about Fad and being a newborn is very different, different from feeling those emotions for your twenty something son that you didn't know existed. Yeah, like yesterday. yeah, like Riker had nine months, presumably beta's yeah. incubation period is the same. <laughs> it, but you know, he had nine months to think, Oh, I'm gonna be a dad and then when he finds out like you've been anticipating this for nine months and then seventeen seconds of trauma so scares you. Yeah. This is this is what I was talking about earlier on when I said that things don't have to play off immediately yeah that you can let them breathe this feels like very lazy thematic writing they introduce yeah. this theme yeah. this metaphor and they're like we need to have this payoff somehow let's do it in the same 60 60 minute period yeah. that we introduced it rather than having that 17 seconds could have been brought back in episode 10 and then it would have been we would have or had more it could time just never be brought back no, and but it if, they, been fine. if you wanted to have it if I that's guess, something yeah. that you wanted to show yeah like how picard grows to love his son yeah have it happen five or six episodes from now. It doesn't have to happen right now. And I Very feel true. the reason that they did that, I think, it, it, I don't know the reason why they did it, but it feels lazy. It feels contrived. It doesn't feel earned. And it made me mad. Yeah. And so that yeah. fell really flat for me. Absolutely. And, I, and I, I looked at you and I rolled my eyes so hard. You, <laughs> and did. I was you like, did. And I was kind of like, well, at least they set it up earlier, you know. And you were like, oh, but he just met him. I'm like, well, Riker had met his kid too, but. Yeah, I know. You're absolutely right. I think I think it's it is it was weak. Mm -hmm. It was it was forced and ham fisted and, and not not what I uh, not what I enjoyed about this mm -hmm. episode. Um, but it was part of this larger Riker Picard uh, kind of situation. Like they were they were throwing emotional barbs back and forth at each other as part yeah. of their discussion about what should happen. Like, I know you're afraid now that you have a son. Yeah. Like, he was throwing whole, that at Picard like, and then Picard threw it back. He's like, I know you don't want to make a mistake because of yeah, like children treating, or something. Treating Riker as though he's got like PTSD about loss all of a sudden yeah. because <laughs> Because of a conversation 20 years ago? Yeah. yeah like, like it felt, yeah. again, the, the whole conversation was a little out of character. And yes. I would be shocked if there wasn't a reason for it. Yeah, I would I don't hope think they so. did this just for drama. I think there's a there's a I, very good reason for it. And and this I is where so. the wacky inflatable arm and, waving yes. theory man comes into play because there there are so many theories about why these characters are out of character. Yeah. Um we'll, we'll know, get to those. We'll, we'll get, get to those, but I feel like that's that there could be a reason for it and I I'll be fine with it if there is. If there isn't and it's just to manufacture drama, then which again, like having spent two seasons with this manufactured show, drama, with the manufactured well, drama that has happened, yeah. I'm a little worried. That, and that's that's exactly but, why I am I am continuing to be worried about this because mm -hmm. it is a it is a habit of the show and it's mm -hmm. it's not a welcome one. I haven't seen that yet in this series, but it's in, in uh, like in this season, it hasn't been that bad. That, not like not like no, season not one like or two. Season one so or two yeah. Give me give me sure, a break, but sure. it's not. But this was season two level bad like if it doesn't like his, lead anywhere okay, okay. but on its own assuming it at face value it is what it is uh you just killed us all Riker says yeah. to Picard would never happen after in a making years. a after making a call that really was Riker's call so he he yeah. went along well with and there it, was no other so real option like yeah you you literally were out of options yeah you turn and fight and if it doesn't work it doesn't work you don't blame the guy who's recommended yeah. you turn and fight it's it was bad so I mean I I am worried about it but I'm not I'm I'm hopeful also that there will be a an explanation. Another major complaint, uh Raffi's storyline. I have no fucking idea what's going on. There's <laughs> like there was Sneed and the 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 Romulan guy and not, neither of them were important but they were because they pointed to this changeling guy who they didn't know was a changeling. Um 
it's just a lot of hand waving like let's explain it all really quickly in dialogue and hope nobody picks it apart because it doesn't make any sense it it bugs me but at the same time i don't care enough yeah that's like the, it is just something to keep them going until they get to the cool part which worked like they did get yeah. to a cool part this episode. yeah and and so this is where the all the complaints that i've had about rafi all along um that she is just this like tropey character who's been thrown into the storyline i'm okay with it now because Worf is there to kind of give weight and gravitas to yeah, everything so yeah. she can be like the 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 hothead yeah the straight kinda, man i guess to Worf whatever Worf is doing she'll be like the sidekick and i'm fine with that yeah that's a yeah, role that, that raffi can play when yeah. raffi is the sole Center driver of, of yeah. the storyline it doesn't work no. so having her play off Worf, i think is a great decision um but so yeah the the hand wavy parts that we just get explained away in a line of dialogue again i'll allow it because i think it's going to build to something more interesting obviously it's going to be something more interesting because we've got changelings involved yeah, yeah so. like it, it already happened yeah, yeah so that that's fair uh there was another little thing that bothered me i know Lindsay, in my notes you're like this is not something worth even mentioning but i'm going to mention it yep because I got in an argument on Reddit about it. <laughs> so on Reddit was like, there's a there's a plot hole. Like, why was this shapeshifter still the shapeshifter guy, the one on Metalla Prime? Like, why would he stay in this body after he's done the bad thing of stealing the thing or whatever his role was in that little, yeah. you know, stealing uh, from the Dyson Institute? Not Dyson. Daystrom. Daystrom. Uh, you know, why would he continue to have that body? And I'm like, yeah, if there was a... Like, during the... I remember there's that one scene in DS9 when Cisco's on Earth and Miles O'Brien walks up to yeah. him and he's the changeling and he's yeah. just like, hey. And then he just tells him all the bad things they're doing. And there's only like three, four changelings on the whole planet. And they've so enormous amounts of chaos yeah um because they can just be anybody at any time and they yeah. slip out and nobody notices and all this stuff uh <laughs> and this guy's just holding on to this one body just hanging around so and letting himself get choke slammed by wharf in the middle of the street like they they kind of just like it cuts the edge off of the changelings when they're not actually dangerous and you can just capture no, them in one scene like but he's he's on his way to needing to regenerate and so maybe there's just Odo got like that. He was weak and couldn't do anything if he didn't regenerate. So there's something that... And didn't Martok stay in... Like the fake Martok yeah. stay as a changeling for but, like months and months and months? Yes, because he was Martok. He was, you know... He, so, he couldn't just escape and like... I'm sure... I don't even know how he regenerated without being caught. And, you know? and, and here's but the yes. thing. Like there's there's a chance that, that... We don't know what's going on with the Great Link right now. Yeah. And we don't know um, how these anti-peace people have been treated. Maybe they've been thrown out of the Great Link and there's like you know at one point in ds9 odo was banished to and made to be a solid yeah. for a period of time um maybe their banishment involves not being able to change shape yeah i, I don't know like who knows sure. right yeah, and then he's yeah. injured and that's when he regenerates like okay. i don't know there i'm i'm not it's so again me. i'm not gonna nitpick <laughs> it just seems like something so little that like we did that with with Twin Peaks, with people like focusing in on like, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's fair. it's hour fourteen of the guy sweeping the bar. So what does that mean? Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just let shit. the just story let happen. Yeah. So I'm not gonna get too hung up on it. Fair. It's Star Trek. This isn't David Lynch. Uh, a similar nitpick though, Lindsay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the the whole like uh, leak system and like how it's it's literally like seven saves Jack from dying. And then doesn't fix the leak. But that's when she tells them that there is a leak. 
So nobody goes and fixes well, the leak in the, the meantime? What did the other guy was... do? The, the, the guy who tried to kill Jack with the leak. Yeah. What did he do? Maybe he made it too much that they couldn't fix Could... it or something. Like, we don't... I know, but it was odd. He they just... did more sabotage. Yeah, I mean, he moment, did blow so... up. He, he set a bomb somewhere else yeah. and caused issues, right? So, I mean, like, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but that just... It just kind of bothered me that they they did they kind of like started yeah, that seven path. should have said something like send even on. just like send a crew to to patch up the leak yeah. it's it's located here and send a security team to cover them or something but like, again just if one you don't know that there's sabotage you don't know who to trust that's true okay but she's gonna be she did still announce it over the over the intercom but anyways anyways that was me being nitpicky you know how i am Lindsay. I'm i sorry know about that. i know on screen ambassador i've been analyzing the debris I've discovered disturbing evidence that the asteroids are not what they seem. Okay, well, in that vein, I guess let's talk about uh, some of our predictions, our Bix predict predicts coming back. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Let's let's yeah, go let's... with just our predictions, and then let's talk about some of the theories okay. that are that are coming up around it. So, Aiden, what are your your ridiculous theory first, and then your real theory for what you think is going to be happening? predictions for okay, like future okay. episodes um my more ridiculous one i don't even know if it's that ridiculous actually but i feel like some sort of character we've already met is going to be at the center of the nebula um <laughs> like i okay. feel like like there's going to be either a borg cube okay. jordy whose yeah. brain is attached to a computer yeah uh weyun 248 some of someone that we met is going to be waiting for them it's not just gonna be some random biological thing that they can negotiate their way out of 492 i said that you did yeah i said 248 but i uh, i I was not paying attention (laughs) as is usual uh yeah but it's gonna be something like that yeah uh i don't know what it'll be but it'll be there my more realistic one slightly um is that we will see a ds9 character Mm -hmm. in some shape or form uh i mean technically seeing that that a changeling like become the goo okay i kind of did you know what i mean like one of the main characters is on the show he's ds9 character maybe esri maybe they'll bring esri back do you think it's esri i i would i would be surprised if esri is still a a dax (laughs) there'd be some other dax symbiont like it's true esri would have definitely gotten herself killed by this one um yeah so that those are mine lynn's what what's your more crazy one out you're out there one the nebula is the great link oh so they've just been hanging out yep that for some uh, reason they're like hanging out i that would make sense with the biological signatures although i don't know if they it doesn't matter it's it's the same color i'm going with that that's what i'm that's my ridiculous <laughs> prediction is that the nebula is, is just the goo floating around yeah and and but it does it, it would fit with the idea that the shrike is part of it does kind of look like uh, a Gemstar ship. The 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 yeah. crew kind of seem like they could be Breen without the helmets. Like we're actually seeing the Breen. They sound a little bit like they could. They have the clicks, you know? yeah, yeah. So okay, it's not. You know, they're they're all in cahoots, just like they were twenty years ago in the Dominion War, or thirty not, years ago. Not insane. I'll I'll. But what's your real one? What do you think will actually My happen? real thing, <laughs> I think they talked a lot about how the portal theft was a distraction. Yeah. And I was like, well, what are they distracting from? What could be more important than this like world ending portal device that they're that they don't want us to know about? And I'm like, I think they stole lore. I think that oh, that whoever yes, yes. you know I like that. broke into the Daystrom Institute stole lore. And then that's why Moriarty is going to come back because so in previous episodes here we talked about how i kind of hoped that they'd be like anti-hero type characters yeah. 
but I'm I'm getting rid of that theory now. I think that Moriarty makes sense as a villain to come back and be the antihero, kind of, because he was designed to defeat Data. So who else is going to be able to defeat Lore but Moriarty, right? Yeah. So I I'm 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 still thinking about how that's going to play out because I mean we know that before was kept at Daystrom because we saw that mm-hmm. in season one of Picard. Yep. Lore was on the Enterprise D when it crashed on Viridian Prime. Yeah. Or Viridian 4? Yeah. Whatever Viridian it is. 3? The Viridian planet. The Nexus planet, yeah. Um, but, but we don't know, like nothing was ever mentioned of him after that. Yeah. So presumably he was taken from the ship and brought to Daystrom. You would think. You would think. Yeah. So he's been there that whole time. All you would need to do is reactivate him and you'd have this. Yeah. Right? It'd be a really good ally for a changeling to have a, an yeah, android totally. who knows the ins, ins and outs of Starfleet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Right. Now let's chat uh, theories because boy, there are a lot of them. There are. Um, and I love them. Uh, let's do the Riker theories first. So Riker's acting a little weird. You know, he's yeah. telling off Picard. He's he's He gave a look to the changeling, which yeah. we didn't catch. But in episode two, when he came on board, yeah. they had a little exchange. Yeah. Well, we, and, and yeah. So we noticed that there was a guy and we're like, he looks kind of sinister. Yeah. turns out he's the changeling. But yeah. if you go back, yeah, Riker does like a bit of a double take. Yeah. Um, he also forgot the name of or got the name wrong of one of the planets that they went to or something. And Picard had to correct him earlier okay, on. Okay. So... Yeah, is now trust no one. Yeah, is Riker a changeling? Riker could be a changeling, or, or Thomas Riker. The last time we saw him, he was in a Cardassian work camp. Yep, right before the war started, or was so, it? Yeah, it was before the war. I mean, so, is it possible that he's been recruited by some Gamma Quadrant entity like Vedic? Yeah, Vedic, not Vedic, but Vedic. <laughs> talking about Vedics, maybe yeah. she is Bajoran. Maybe there is some kind of link there. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Could we? Or uh, maybe she's a female changeling who's been banished from the collective or whatever and is now... There well, are so she many, yeah, okay. There yeah, are so exactly. many weird things that are going on. Now that you've got changelings, like, yeah, trust no one. Who knows what the hell is going on? Yeah. But I really like the idea that Riker might not be who we think he is. And I, I, there's tons of people talking about this all over social media. Um, and the theories are going wild. People are referencing the fact that in the one of the trailers, there's a scene, or maybe it was the trailer for next week or something, where Riker is going into Daystrom. Mm-hmm. And he's not wearing the same uniform that he's wearing. So, I, you know... Is that hap- like it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be happening like next episode or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But if it does, like there can't be two Rikers. Yeah. Well, one of them might be fake. One of them might be Thomas Riker. Yeah. Like who knows, right? Yeah. But I think that would be that would be the out- like I would allow the out of characterness yeah. of it if if that's the reason. Yeah. If they're building to something bigger, the other option maybe Picard is a changeling, but I don't really think that that's true because Picard yeah. had. There's like the conversation that he has with Beverly seems too heartfelt and meaningful to just give that to someone else. Yeah. Mind you, they've given some heartfelt and meaningful conversations to Riker. But if he's doing that with Jack and Jack is the target. Yeah. There might be a, a, like a, a manipulative motive that he has for that, too. Yeah. 
I, I, I like the Riker theories just because yeah. AI does write off the, the out of character moments, but it also it opens up really cool avenues for what's coming. Totally. Um, like you, yeah. it would be the most ironic thing if the one person you trust more than anything in the world turns out to be this villain, like this changeling. Picard yeah. literally brings this wolf right into the yeah. middle of the, the sheep pen. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I like it though. Right? Yeah. Could work. I've also seen some talk about how Jack might be um, a target because of something to do with Picard's DNA and maybe Borg DNA or something, mm. but that or Crusher DNA because Wesley was a traveler and yeah, maybe yeah. We there's talked about some that one briefly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that maybe there's something in Jack as well. So either way, that might go a little way to explain why Jack is so wanted. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how wedded I am to any of that. Yeah. Yeah. I've read a, I think I've read a similar one online where it was like, um, they need both Picard and Jack. That's why they haven't a blown up the Titan. Yeah. And they waited until Picard arrived before trying to, right. To find him. Yeah. Um, or before showing up and, and trying to isolate the two of them together, um, is explicitly because they, uh, they need both of them. They need Jack's DNA and Picard's mind or something like that to like form some sort of synthesis or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think those ones are are a little more far-fetched, but um, I think they could have larger payoff. I mean, I really don't have a coherent theory for why this is all happening at this point. I just, I hope it's not just, oh, it's Picard's son. So that's why we're doing it. Because I'm yeah. I'm tired of Picard being the most important man in the galaxy. Yeah, like too. it. Baker's belief a little bit too much. Yeah. Begs belief? I, it, Baker's yeah, it, belief. Begs belief? There, it begs the beggars of belief yeah. to think that that is true. Because, yeah, yeah there's it's a big galaxy. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, Picard's not the only one. So there it. better be a good reason. Yeah, and I'm hoping it is. I'm hoping it is Dominion related. I hope there is some sort of, like, they're trying to start another war yeah. or... But there's a civil war having, within the Great Link or something like that. Well, it sounds like there is. Yeah. So I'd be all right with that. Yeah. But having said that, thinking back on the end of season two and the revelation about the Borg and Gerardi and her Borg queenness, yeah. Um, I would be surprised if they didn't bring that back in some fashion. So yeah. there might be some kind of link if that if it's like a Deus Ex Machina type thing where they come in and save the day. I'm going to be a little bit mad again too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, here's another thing: is like each episode they've basically brought back one major element from previous trek yeah uh the first episode was basically everything like you know yeah picard basically uh and crusher second episode it was wharf making yeah. uh, making an appearance third episode now is the 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 founders and the changelings i'm thinking we will continue to get more of them i think yeah. they'll just keep adding them on it'll be lore next or Jordy or moriarty or something like that like yeah. that feels like it's there's a picture rhythm to that comes yeah. back oh that'd be sweet boimler shows up <laughs> President Boimler. Actually, Lindsay, that reminds me of today's episode sponsor. Oh, yes. We all know it's been a challenging time since that war that claimed tens of millions of lives and radically reshaped the political situation of the entire galaxy, but only took two years and everybody seemed to forget about it awfully quick. But the fine people at Hale, today's episode sponsor, haven't forgotten. Still worried that your loved one's been replaced by a founder, but are too afraid to accidentally stab them and have their blood checked? (laughs) 
Think the only possible reason for your boss's sudden increase in cruelty is because they're secretly a changeling, but you haven't caught them regenerating in a bucket just yet? Secretly concerned that changelings are the ones porch pirating all your non-replicatable latinum off your front step after it's been delivered? Hail is the answer to all your <laughs> surveillance needs. With Hail's subspace nebula technology, get it, it's like cloud, but in space, you can install up to 50 cameras all over your premises and record every single interaction that ever takes place. The living room, kitchen, and bedrooms are obviously Hale customers' most commonly cited locations for use, but under Federation law passed in the 2390s by President Bradley Boimler, sonic showers and toilets are now <laughs> completely legal to monitor as well. By signing up for the unlimited usage plan, you can record literally millions of hours of footage to go back and watch whenever you're bored, just to ensure changelings haven't infiltrated your life. Only Hale can offer you the surety you need to get your life back to normal in these trying times. Buy your first 30 cameras with Hale today using our code BIGSURVEILLANCESTATE30 and get 50% off a lifetime subscription to Hale's incredible nebulous service. Check out Hale today. Wow. Yeah. Talk about dystopian. I mean, ring cameras are I was going to say, yeah. which which police organization is going to bang <laughs> on your door wanting your camera footage next, right? Yeah, it's everywhere. Section 31. <laughs> They're already watching us anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right? Let, let's be honest. So, I mean, they have the webcam turned on on your laptop right now in front of you, Lens. You just God don't know damn it. it. Why do you have to say that? <laughs> so, Lindsay, that brings us to the end of the theories. Unless you have another one. Uh, I think I think I'm I'm excited by the possibilities uh, that the plot has going for it at this point. Yeah, and and here's the thing. So we we ragged on Twin Peaks earlier. Well, I did earlier on this episode, but I fucking love Twin Peaks. You all know that. Yeah. Um, and I feel watching this now that like I feel like I'm back watching Twin Peaks: The Return in the summer of 2017, where mm. the theories were everywhere, and. Yeah, it was a little ridiculous, but it was also pretty exciting. And this feels really exciting. Like I yeah. like that they're that they're playing with possibilities here. Yeah. Um in a way that season 1 and season 2 just didn't. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of what I I don't want to say this is what I wanted all along from Picard, but it's kind of what I wanted all along from Picard. Right? Well, I th I feel like again, we I mentioned this last episode and it's still true is that it Picard is Picard when he's with the next gen crew. Yeah. And I wish they would have leaned into it earlier. Yeah. I, I appreciated season one for trying to do something different, creating yeah. this new cast of characters, some mm -hmm. of whom were really great yeah. and interesting. But then it all still wound up revolving background data and, and the TNG crew anyway. Yeah. So just just lean into that. They're doing that this season yep. and it feels natural and, yeah. and I'm enjoying it. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for what's to come. Op cautiously optimistic. I want to say optimistically cautious it's, but both, both both are true yeah both. Yep. why not both <laughs> Rutherford, we need your transporter thing up and running now you made boimler weird boim us out of here <laughs> bix log stardate 42998.6 while watching this latest episode of star trek picard one scene stands out above the others the coming together of two titans of the galaxy no, not the Titan and Titan A in some sort of yesterday's Enterprise situation. I'm referring, of course, to the coming together of Jean-Luc Picard and Beverly Crusher. I was on the record in our last discussion as saying that this discussion needed to come earlier, as in the last episode. And while I stand by that sentiment, this meeting was everything I hoped for when it did eventually show up. The highlight for me was that this scene didn't clearly favor one character over another. Both viewpoints were presented as valid and both had sound reasoning to back up their perspective. Or did they? Because the more I think about it, the clearer it is that one person in that conversation had slightly more fair points than the other. 
Given that the two viewpoints are male and female, opposing halves of a romantic relationship, it seems only inevitable that Lieutenant Lindsay and I will have to discuss it in depth. Who was right, Crusher or Picard? So Lindsay, I would usually offer you the, the right of refusal, but uh, <laughs> you're not going to get that luxury this time. I'm going for it. I am saying Crusher was correct. Okay. Um, and I feel like part of it is uh, the easy feminist choice of, you know, it was her baby. You yeah. Know, she gets okay. to choose what to okay. do with it. Um, I'll and, give you that one. <laughs> and while it is, it is, it's, it was definitely, there was definitely a dick move to not tell him. Absolutely. I don't think, I don't think either of them could really argue against that. Yeah. Um, but her gut instinct was the correct one. I mean, Picard has literally died. Um, this isn't even the real Picard. Like this is just a, a it's positronic, it's a positronic Picard. Picard. Right. And you know, like the, there's, her stories about like yeah oh and then there were the Riemann assassins and then there was this then you were going off to do that I mean Picard is retired and people are still trying to kill him daily Q at any moment could show up and whisk the baby away and like say oh I'm gonna raise Jack he's gonna be the new JQ he's gonna be the next (laughs) you know generation Q you know like anything can happen when it's when it's Picard's kid so I think I feel like her reasoning is incredibly sound um but more than that I feel like it's it's it was healthier for Jack because uh, her fear of Picard's careerism is a valid one. Yes, it does take away Picard's choice as to whether or not to uh, become uh, a father, a full-time father even, potentially. He could retire from Starfleet early. Maybe he doesn't go and save the Romulans then. Maybe the Romulans go and die and, and when their supernova happens or something like that because he has a baby instead. Um you know, maybe bad things happen, but more than likely, from everything we know about John Luke Picard and those fears about his own father, mm-hmm. um, which were which we didn't even he didn't even deal with directly until like six months ago before this episode mm-hmm. air you mm-hmm. know happens, mm-hmm. uh, he was worried about his own ability to become a father. I feel like her her reasoning is 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 keeping Jack's best interest at heart because. Picard doesn't know if he's going to be a good father. Beverly doesn't know if he's going to be a good father. He wasn't great to Wesley the this three and a half seasons he was on the air. Uh, and he's dangerous to be around. And he's also, you know, he does a lot of good as a captain slash admiral slash Starfleet, uh, you know, ne'er-do-well. Everything Picard touches turns out all right because he's the main character. And Beverly's aware of that. But that doesn't mean a lot of red shirts and yellow shirts don't die along the way. So, you know, like, do you want Jack to be in the midst of that? Or do you force Picard to give up being good and walk away from that uh, and potentially force it? Yes, it's unfair to to, to make that decision for him. I, I will grant you that. But overall, I think it's best for Jack, best for Wesley. Not Wesley, sorry. Best for Beverly and best for John Luke. He was He's really good as a captain. I don't know how he would have done his dad. So you're making a lot of the arguments that I want to make for me in <laughs> okay, a weird well, way. Okay, there you um, go. You would think that I would be on the side of Beverly Crusher, yeah. as you said, woman's right to choose. Yeah. Um, and I do, I think we're on, I'm on the record here somewhere in the last six years as being <laughs> pro-choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but having said that, there are a lot of things wrong with, with Beverly's position okay and i think yes the first one is not giving picard the choice it absolutely could have changed his career path and i think he even says yes he was afraid of his father it was a dick move for beverly to throw that in his face and to use that as 
like a reason. But is it not valid? I don't think so because he said he knows he he isn't going to be his father and he could have known that 20 years earlier. Mm. And I think that that we have yeah. to give Picard a chance to recognize that this this could have been a different situation if he had been given that opportunity. So there's a lot of pain in his recognizing that his life has been spent um, dealing with something that he didn't necessarily have to deal with and could have handled differently if he had been if he had had all the information. Um, the yeah. idea that she alone is responsible for making a decision for her child is yes, okay, a woman's right to choose. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with that. However, she made the choice to enter into a romantic relationship with him, knowing full well she's been un- serving under yeah. him for years and years and years. Her husband served with him for years before that. She knows what she's getting into. And then all of a sudden she gets pregnant and it's like, whoa, 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 I can't get into this with this guy. That's a little yeah, bit, it's not, that's that's <laughs> shitty. It's not that's good like, planning. No, it isn't. That. And to say that like at this point now I can't take care of your son well we know that there's like birth control options there are lots of things that she could have done if she really truly did not want to have this happen and that picard could have done if he really did not want to have this happen the fact that they didn't means that they acknowledge it might be a possibility and then when it happens she made a decision she i feel like she's mad about the decision she made and she's just holding it over him like she can't accept the fact that she had a role to play in this. And I think that's why uh, Picard's anger is maybe a little harsh, but I also think she deserves to have a little bit of that thrown back at her because, yeah, sure, Remans are after him. Yes, like, he's dying every second week. He's not, like, <laughs> like all, all of this stuff is happening, but she knew that. And it could have been different. If she had told him, did she, did, would he really have continued on? Would he like? You don't know that. You no, don't know you don't know what, what you don't know what would happen. And you, and nobody yeah. knows. That's the thing about about pregnancy and parenthood. But you have to, you can't make a decision and then say I'm mad at you for not doing the thing that I forced onto you. Like like for for well, falling into. I don't think she's mad. I I think she seems pretty mad. She I seems don't think kind of so. mad I in think, that scene. She seems pissed. She's, she does seem pissed no, off. No, she's defensive. And understandably so, because I think she knows she's kind of in the wrong. Like, I, I think she's fully aware that, yes, she I think she, at, she by she the did. end of that conversation, yes, I think she realizes that she has well, to bear I, some blame for it. I think she kind of knew that going in. Like, I think that's why she delayed telling him until, you know, literally she was out of people she could trust. And she, she had to, yeah. you know, message the last dude you know that she hooked up it just it just doesn't it doesn't make sense for somebody that you did trust that you have been in a relationship they said five times that they've been on and off again i mean i just i don't understand why she thought that this was the best way to go her line about i i i thought i could raise my son i didn't know if i or protect my son i didn't know if i could protect yours it's not just your responsibility to do that and picard would have been perfectly situated to affect some kind of change for that he would have been totally on board with whatever had happened we know that about picard she should have known that about picard the fact that she's now painting him as like some irresponsible joker who like wouldn't have taken care of his son i don't know i don't know like again this is this is pre-season two picard like he still had major hang-ups about romantic relationships let alone parenting ones 
uh, until, you know, the end of yeah. Q saving him and clearing Fine. up his brain. Don't you think if he would have had the opportunity to develop a real serious, long-lasting relationship with Beverly and have a son with Beverly, that would he have known how to do that? Would he have been able to do that? Is that is it your responsibility to say, I'm not going to give you the chance to find that out? <sighs> that doesn't That doesn't seem right. That really doesn't seem right. It's not like it's a one-night stand and she got knocked up by some... Yeah, yeah. Asshole no, at the bar. I hadn't even considered that, but it's and then very it's true, like, yeah. and then like the pro-choice argument becomes much stronger. In this case, <laughs> they have a thirty-year-plus relationship. Yeah, this isn't a slip-up. Yeah, this is something that was a real possibility of happening, and they clearly loved each other. Like, how dare you take that that away from him? That just seems so disrespectful. <laughs> I don't think she has wrong reasons for doing it. I think her heart's in the right place. You want to protect your kid. But Jesus Christ, it's not like Picard. It's not like it's Quark that you just went off and had a baby with. Quark can't make babies. Well, tell me Quark knows? can't make babies. Please know. to God, tell me Quark can <laughs> There are so many uh, other people. that Worf, you would not want to have Worf as your baby daddy, right? Well, if you're Jadzia. Season you two, season three. Well, okay, fine. DS9, <laughs> Worf, maybe. <Yeah. laughs> but like, there are so many other people that you would not want to get knocked up by. Picard is, for Beverly, is not one of them. Yeah. Not from everything we've seen. So again, if if they're going to continue down that path that Beverly is painting Picard as like this irresponsible person, that's out of character for <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, I, I did love that she did it in like the most like lower decks terms. Like like the the whole story of like, here was your week. You know, you had yeah. assassins and, yeah, and yeah, trade yeah. negotiations and yeah. all these things. I was like, that is literally, again, a joke out of, out of lower decks because Star Trek is fucking crazy and Picard has it the craziest sure. of all. Um, but it's... But yeah. she knew that yeah. though. I know. Yeah, and you're she like, went I'm going to give yeah. you. I'm going to. I'm going to set aside a week, and this is the only time that I'm ever going to be able to tell you that I'm pregnant with your son, and and yeah. this is the week when uh, we've got this going mm. on, and this is happening, and you're going to this place. So the very real possibility of this could happen. But oh well, I I'm not going to give you any but leeway. It, it was I'm not. not gonna... It wasn't really about the week. It was. It was a summation. It was yes, a realization of of the dangers inherent. I and know. again, I which you knew did, about did, beforehand. Yes, yes, she did. Yes, she did. Okay, Lindsay, you win. I was wrong. I don't think... You just undercut womankind. No, shut up. See, I knew you were going to say that. And that's not what this is about. This is not about undercutting womankind. This is about saying that in this particular instance, the, the, the vast, long-standing history between these two characters was not given respect. In this conversation. Yeah. And and I find that to be the more offensive thing. And that's why I side with Picard. He deserved to know. And he deserved to have made to have to have yeah, known about it enough to help Beverly so that she wouldn't be bitter and angry and twenty years removed from what could have been Yeah. Yeah. Cause he has relationship hang ups because of her. No, he has relationship hangouts, yeah, period. But but I think that the long-standing stuff that, you know, Laris talks about it in the very first episode of the season that, you know, first love, favorite love, whatever the conversation yeah, 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 was. Yeah. I mean, she's she recognizes that Beverly is the kind of the source for a lot of the stuff that's going on with him. Yeah. Didn't need to be that way. I suppose. Okay, quick prediction. Does he wind up with Beverly or Laris at the end of the season? Or does he die? You have three choices. I mean, I kind of hope that it just ends and Picard isn't around anymore. I think that that would be like a fitting way to close up the series. I don't think that's what's actually going to happen. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, well, and you, I do you, think if, yeah. if forced, if they had to, if if you had to say pick a relationship for him to be in at the end, I would pick Beverly. Yeah, because we've known her for yes. seven years, and and they, we know they're perfect together in every way. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And then they can raise both of their sons together. Yeah, because I still stick with the fact that Wesley is a Picard. I mean, it does explain the time traveler. So. What if that's the thing? Yeah, that's what, what it comes like, back to. It's yeah. like Picard Crusher DNA is what yeah. makes these traveler beings possible. And that's yeah. who, we're, who we're looking after. Like Crusher, both Wesley Crusher and Jack Crusher have that. Wait, Jack Crusher the second, right? Jack Crusher the second, okay, not yeah. Jack Ooh, Crusher. I was like, whoa, the, how did that happen? Husband. Yeah, that would be weird. I mean, Picard has done some time travel. Who yeah, knows what yeah, he got up to in the past, but There's yeah. some paradoxical <laughs> shit going on here. Can you be the grandfather to your own... Grandfather paradox? Yeah, I don't yeah. know, Lance. Let's, let's not find out. Cool. Well, live long and prosper. Don't you give me that sarcastic Vulcan salute, Beckett! So that's the end of this episode. Uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us. Uh, it was a weird one because we were excited about it, but as you talked, I got a little less excited about it. Really? But then I'm sorry. I'm still very excited about it. No, I'm I'm still excited. I I, I find the weight between Thursdays kind of hard to take sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So I've been enjoying. The anticipation of a Thursday waking up and being like, oh, it's Thursday. I mean, it is nice, though, that we've got this podcast kind of like halfway in between. Yeah. So it is something to look forward to. And then yeah. we, we get it out. It's like Tuesday when it releases. And then we've only got like Two 36 hours yeah. to wait. So, yeah, true. I mean, we, we kind of planned that pretty well. No, not at all. No planning was involved in the making of this episode, can as I, you guys can, can tell. Can I also just say that our cat has been sitting next to yes. us the entire time. She just fell asleep. You may have heard her cleaning herself earlier. <laughs> On the so apologies for any licking yeah. sounds. Um, that was not Lindsay just, or I. <laughs> no, she just completely fell asleep, and she's like a chicken leg right now. Yeah. She does. She looks like a chicken thigh. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually adorable. we we have to kick her out because she's usually very affectionate and like trying uh, to eat the microphone. Yeah. and like curling up on us and everything, and but purring no, and just, whacking and stuff. She and fell right asleep. Yeah. So uh, we had a special guest on today's episode. Yeah. Nico, say hi. No, she's don't scare her. <laughs> scared her. I thought she would do the wake up sound that no. they they do sometimes. Little activation noise. Yeah, yeah. Not that this would time. be cute. Not so much. Um, but yeah, thank you, listeners, yeah. and uh, until next time, live long and prosper. You can find all our episodes on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast fix. We love to talk Star Trek with our fellow nerds and would love to hear from you if you have thoughts or ideas about any of our discussions or the topics we've brought up. You can reach out to us on Twitter, that's at TheBixPod, or by email at TheBixPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Beam us up, Scotty.